0: Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor and the Master as they travel the Vortex and arrive at episode 497 in space year 2003. I'm Keith.
1: (laughs) I'm Sean.
2: I'm Glenn. How are you guys?
1: (laughs) How's your space year 2003 going?
0: (laughs) Way better than my space year 2020 was.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
0: (laughs) It's sad to think that space year 2003 was
1: so long ago.
2: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Wasn't
1: it, though? Does anybody else feel like this year has just been kind of like we're making up for last year being super slow? This year seems to just be absolutely flying by. Or is that just me?
0: Last year flew for me, too. I was gonna say, it must really? be
2: just you, because I don't think either year has been particularly fast. Hmm. Okay. Did you guys do anything this I week? I watched Loki. Watch yeah, I watched Loki, too. We,
1: we, we so. did not watch Loki. We are we are going to be behind, because our TV night is tomorrow night. It's uh, <laughs> so,
2: really good. Really that's what I've really heard. Really Everybody
1: good. seems to be really jazzed about it. I'm current on Bad Batch.
2: See, and I haven't seen the last one of that. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, you read anything? Any I'm still working
0: my way through Thrawn. I'm not uh, mm. as making as much progress as I would like on it, but I'm getting there. It's it's good so far.
2: I didn't really watch anything other than we're still going through our, our Marvel movie uh, watch through, and we're up to what did we just watch? We didn't, oh, uh, Black Panther. And I did not know, at least on Disney+, Plus, they have on the, you know, the opening splash uh, Marvel Studios thing where they always flip through the different, now it's different scenes from the movies. They've done Mm -hmm. a uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, one like they did for um, Stan Lee when he passed. And so Uh on the front of Black Panther, they have one of those tribute splash screens to him, so. It's pretty cool. I didn't. Re- I nice. didn't know they had done that. I nobody ever. You know, I, I I thought maybe I would have seen somewhere somebody say that online, and I I, I, I was surprised by it. So, didn't
1: cool. they do that theatrically for for Chadwick? Or am I mistaken? Maybe I just I remember. I think him on
2: well, he would have died a long. Yeah, after. he passed after. All of the films were done. We even Spider
1: Man and everything.
2: Yeah, we haven't had a um, we haven't had a Marvel film since the pandemic, and he died last year. So
1: I, m- I must have just seen it when they announced it for Disney Plus. Then
2: maybe
0: hmm. Hmm. it was pretty neat.
2: That's though. nice though. Yeah, Sean, I know Sean. you've been watching stuff. Come on, chime in here.
0: <laughs> I was into the heights. Uh, it, was it was wonderful. Into the heights. In the heights.
2: <laughs> into in the, the heights, heights and <laughs> out again. Sorry.
0: It's a mixture uh, of into the woods and into the <laughs> night. In uh,
1: I don't know if we'd want to taint it with that, but uh, no, the, I thought it was wonderful. Um, I uh, my my spoiler free review is uh, available on Flix with friends, but I, uh, uh, I I'm fortunate that I've seen the stage play when Civic Theater did it, uh, which was my first introduction to it. I kind of fell in love with it, and. Um, they, they I think they did a very good job of adapting it. I know there's some people who are upset over some of the changes that, you know, inevitably when you adapt something, things change. Um, and it may have altered a couple of key moments emotionally, but the reason that they did it made sense for the the visual medium of of film. So I, I was okay with it. Um but yeah, no, it's 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 really good. and it it felt. We went and saw it at the theater as opposed to uh, staying home and and, uh, doing the HBO Max. And it it feels kind of like the perfect go-out-to-the-theater film. You know? Mm. It's just big and joyous and a lot of good music.
2: Yeah, it was one of those... My daughter wants to see it, and she was kind of fishing around to see if... We all wanted to go or not, and then she said she was probably going to go with friends. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Then I'll stay home and watch it because <laughs> it's just so much easier. I like the theater experience, but it's just so much easier.
1: There, there is a a, a certain I don't know what about <laughs> staying home and and being in my jammies, and, right? Uh, you know, just the, the, just the ease of it, but Mm -hmm. getting back into the theaters, uh, and you know, still lamenting that I missed a couple of them. I would have loved to have seen Godzilla versus Kong on an IMAX screen, Mm, you know, yeah, something big and splashy, but, uh, no, it's been good to get back in them. We also watched spiral, which on the other end of the spectrum was on the other end of the spectrum. It was, (laughs) it was not joyous or, or wonderful or, uh, what is that one? Uh, from the book of Saw.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. This is yeah. The, Chris, the Chris Rock version.
1: The Chris Rock one, and it's yeah. I mean, you guys know me. I'm that's not my bag anyway. Um, although I, I do think that probably the concept of the the Saw movies is interesting, but I, I've never seen them uh, any of them. Uh, but I've under I understand from others that it just kind of. The first one's not bad, and then it evolves into torture porn pretty quick.
2: Diminishing returns.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, if you can squeeze blood from a stone, that's exactly what Lionsgate <laughs> is attempting to do with this franchise. Except they're filming it and making it as gross as as, as possible. I'm yeah, still not, only, not not impressed.
2: I've still only seen the first one, and I I'm not a fan of torture porn. But I thought it was I thought the first one was pretty good because it was just kind of a neat original concept. So.
1: That's what I also want to keep hearing. Everybody that I've talked to has said the first one's actually really pretty good. And a lot of people will make allowances for the second one. Apparently it's the third one and on that they just fall apart.
0: Uh, i go four on. I think I'd give allowances for three because I think it makes a fairly decent trilogy in the fact that three meshes the gore, the heavier gore of two with the psychological of one. And gives mm-hmm. it a decent balance, and then it loses that balance after that. I gave up after I think
1: four. Yeah, not really a selling point. Maybe at some point I'll go back and watch the first one, but <laughs> it's
0: definitely worth watching. There's at also a point. short that it's based off of that you could just probably get the same clip notes for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that that has one of the best one of one of the good twists in cinema. The first one does. Yeah,
2: I would agree.
1: This is just one of the, one of the things that was so frustrating is that the detective part of it was actually kind of interesting and then they would stop everything so that, oh wait, it's time for another bloody massacre scene. And it's like, uh, really? You didn't need this. I mean, I get it. You you pretty much had to put from the book of saw after the title to get people in the seats, but, uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was well-written either. I know a lot of people are praising it because they, you know, oh, it's it's new in you. it's like, no, no, it really isn't. Because none of these characters got any development over the well, course of
2: the film. Didn't Chris Rock co-write it?
1: He's one of the producers. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I did a little research on it. And I guess it's uh, it, it depends on which version of events you subscribe to. Because in one of the versions of events, Chris Rock had a meeting uh, that he, he inadvertently bumped into somebody who knew somebody at Lion's Cake and he floated the idea past them. And then they had a meeting and, you know, things went from there. The other version of events is that Chris walked, uh, Rock walked up to uh, the executive at Lionsgate, kicked open the door to his office and said, I know how to fix this. Um, so, you know, grain of salt, depending on which one you want to believe. But
0: <laughs> Well, they got one of the Saw directors. He did two, three, and four, and he's from Overland Park.
2: Oh, is that right? Anything
1: else? Yeah, that's been it. been kind of a quiet week, really.
2: I listened to um the new Doctor Who um audio from Big Finish called Out of Time 2: The Gates of Hell. That's the one with uh, David Tennant and Peter Davison, so it's the 10th Doctor and the 5th Doctor reuniting again. And it's got Cyberman Keith. Ooh. Yeah, that's the big the big uh, plot point. Um it's good i I thoroughly enjoyed it. it it is it's a lot of fun from just the the perspective of listening to those guys together because they really just have great chemistry together um and they play off of each other really well and it's just it's great fun to listen to there there were some things that they did that were kind of timey wimey cheaty I think but It wasn't, it didn't, not to the detriment of the plot. Um, It was just, it was just some things that I thought, okay, this is, this is something that's okay for a multi-doctor story. But if you do this here, then it almost, it's like a slippery slope of more and more they could do it. And then it would, it kind of loses its, its zest or its, its gimmick. And it borrowed, I mean, it's not something that's not been done before, at least in some, way or measure but it 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 plays with time in a way that i think is a little cheaty but it it works for the story so
1: what a 10th doctor story went (laughs) timey-wimey well
2: (laughs) it it kind of went 11th doctor timey-wimey is what it did so that's that that Hmm. was what struck me about it that it was a 10th doctor story doing something that moffat kind of did in the eleventh Doctor, not 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 particularly the the, the same device, but it's something that I could easily see in an eleventh Doctor story. So, anyway, it's good. I, I like I say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's the second one. The first one was him and Tom. Uh, so we had the tenth and the fourth Doctor, which I think I did a little mini review on it too when I listened to it, and and then this one. So far, they're 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 great. I'm really enjoying them. I'm looking forward to the next one, which will be ten and six although i think that's oh. comes out next year 2022 i think is when that one releases are they all connected at all uh no they really haven't been um it's just 10 ending up in a scenario with the next you know with the with the next guy in line <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really all it has. there's there hasn't been any connectors so far hmm. other than other than the titles <laughs> Right, that's why I wasn't, since they
0: had the same titles, I wasn't sure if there was a connection.
2: No, I think the the only connection is the fact that he's meeting classic doctors.
1: Was there a, at all, without, I don't know, no spoilers, but was there a, a, a reference at all to Time Crash? Yes. Like, were they aware that they well, had met before then? or?
2: Now that I say that, uh, yes, I think in, in briefly in passing there's a you again type thing. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Mm. Uh, well, of course, if that comes from David Tennant, it could still be...
2: <laughs> <laughs> no i i no, i think it's from i think it's from five's perspective that he says it and almost almost exacerbated <laughs> all right well should we move on to our reviews of the stuff that we all listen to <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: the destination wars
2: coming soon from big finish productions the first doctor adventures volume one attention citizens the broadcast
0: will begin in two hours. It means we are stranded on destination, child. No! look <sighs> no! out! If we are trapped in this place and time, we must make use of the resources we have. So where are we this time? The TARDIS could tell me nothing. Is that because of all your improvements? Recalibrating the ship is a very delicate procedure. I'll thank you not to mock, young man. Barbara, look, I think
2: we're still on Earth, but after our time.
1: Is this really the future? I am the master, and you will obey me! Oh, no, you don't.
2: I-, I can hear fighting in the street. I- I'm not sure we... Should... Ian! Big finish. We love story. Bum bum bum.
0: I liked it. Of course, well, this is my second listen to it.
2: F- fire away. Tell us what you liked about it.
0: Uh, I, what I liked about it, a large part of it is, you know, it's that f- stepping back into the first Doctor's era and the method that they would have done it a lot of the way. Like the storytelling may have a modern, some modern sensibilities to it, but the production and the setup and how it all works. And is laid out it's not like a companion chronicle where it feels like oh it's a retelling or you know trying to not necessarily recapture but you know put a lens on that time period this is truly trying to recreate the time period and i think they do a a fantastic job and i think the all the actors do a pretty good job with their roles of playing the people who came before them they're not perfect impersonations of them they're their own interpretations but they have the the spirit of who the characters are and i think james dreyfus does a fantastic job as the master uh i the first time i listened to it i thought it was a very uh different approach to it but now as i listened to it this time i thought there were shades of um roger delgado to him that I didn't see before, and so I, I appreciated that subtlety to it. And I think the story is fairly clever too. It it feels like this is what a first Doctor Master story would be.
2: Yeah, that's I I I thought the the story was it it, it shines as far as as far as its originality goes. It's it's something that it, I I hadn't even seen echoes of how they did this. You know, advancing the the, the Master mm-hmm. advancing society forward in order to allow them to achieve the means that he needs to get off the planet i thought that was a really clever idea uh, especially from the perspective of the citizens that you know well he goes away and then he comes back and he's always got this the, these insights and helps them advance and has answers for them for you know the things that they're doing uh in their own society and the advancements they're making and uh, i thought that was really really a clever idea and and the the resolution of it i think is is passable too i think it's it's a it's a really good resolution so overall i thought the story was unique and original um i agree with the performances i think they are all done fantastic um it is it was it's it was difficult at first to start listening to it um because as you said they all have the spirit but it's you know it, it's just not quite the the characters you know but by the time I've got about ten or fifteen minutes into it, I had completely forgotten that it was all at the back of my mind and very forgiving, and I really started to hear it as Ian, Barbara, Susan, the Doctor. I just I, I fell into it and easily settled into okay, this is another adventure in uh, the you know the first Doctor era with the, the uh, characters that we're familiar with. So they it it worked really well. As far as the master goes, I I would agree. I loved his performance. Um I would almost say it's shades uh, it's almost a uh, a melding of Delgado and Ainley for me. I kind of felt like mm-hmm. there were times that I felt he was channeling Ainley and there were times that I felt he was channeling Delgado. I think maybe a little more heavy on the Delgado, but yeah, there were times that I could really kind of hear Ainley's doctor in it as well, which I appreciate because I didn't imagine this master This is a, to me, this was a master with a face prior to Delgado. So it was, it was great. That was the easiest one to drop into and really believe that this was the master, because to me, it was just another incarnation of the master. And then of course, the second easiest was, um, um, the doctor, because we've had, um, oh gosh, I always forget his name. Uh, Bradley. Thank you, David Bradley. Since we've had David Bradley pre- perform the doctor before, I've gotten very comfortable with him as the first doctor. So.
0: Well, and I think they do. They're smart, and they ease you into it. Also, there's not a whole lot of. It's a it's a slow start to the story, which helps you kind of get comfortable with the new performances, as opposed to like the next story, kind of. You guys don't know this, but it dumps you into kind of the action and a lot's going on right away. So it well, it kind of assumes at that point you're comfortable with these people who are playing these characters. I,
2: I think that goes without saying from the end of this one. <laughs> <laughs> sort sort well, of cliffhangers yeah. us right into the next story.
1: It's one of the things that I, I, I kind of agree with the comments that you've both made at this point. I think, first of all, the atmosphere of this is very spot on for the era. Um, it feels like a first doctor adventure It is the length of a first doctor adventure going back to a four part. maybe that's just because we haven't done a four parter in a while. Um, it's true. you know, we've been away from the main range for quite some time. And so most of, uh, the big finish that we've done has been in the hour long digestible, you know, format that we like. And then suddenly step back into the, to the, the, the full blown four parter when we got to part two ending and we were nowhere near the resolution. I'd forgotten that. It was like, oh, yeah, there's more. And just kind of got got jazzed all over again. Um, just like with Glenn, it took me about ten minutes or so of listening to them to kind of get re-acclimated with these uh with these performers. I remembered that I liked them in the uh, adventure in space and time. But to actually hear them embody these characters is a little different. Uh, but then once I was acclimated, everything was, you know, just kind of felt. In fact, the, the the woman that does Susan really came close. I think on a lot of things. She kind of really nailed that character for me. Um, and the master, uh, you're both wrong. Uh, yeah, there are shades of Delgado, but it's it's totally the War Chief. So you, you can just you can put that to bed. That's I know who this guy is. He's he's doing the War Chief. No, the War Chief is the next face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, and as far as the story goes, uh, it, it was it was it, uh, really exceptionally well done. Uh, a very nifty concept. I liked the fact that all of our characters were really given something to do, um, and how they split them up to kind of interact with our our new you know guest stars was okay. Mm-hmm. That's something that very very likely would have happened if this had been a filmed you know televised episode back in the day. Yeah. The only qualm that i had with it um and i can chalk this up easily enough to the master's own destructive influence um is while the idea of you know advancing time and fits and spurts to get the technology developed that he needs to get off the planet very cool Ah, oh, totally uh, yes that's awesome The fact that he's a weapons dealer and he's arming both sides in this conflict because he seems to think that the wartime is going to be more productive uh or or necessary for the atomic energy Uh, mm. (laughs) i don't know that i buy that i i i I, I understand i mean don't get me wrong our own history has has very much proven that uh, the the times of conflict are great for Uh, advancing the technology, uh, but specifically with atomic power, there's quite a lot of evidence that indicates, had we not abandoned the atomic energy in order to develop a nuclear arsenal, we would have already been on Mars by this point because of the, the, the way the technology for, for the atomic energy heads, um, and the pathways that were laid out for it. And so to, to see him continue to, oh Yeah. Guns weapons yeah yeah do the just uh really I mean because if if they'd been peaceful and you kept advancing it, wouldn't they have gone because they wouldn't have to stop and rebuild society every five years? It just seems like maybe that would have gotten him off planet faster with maybe even something better but mm. you know that that's 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 my own take but again, I can chalk that up to the master being you know. Well, he's destructive. He's not going to nurture society into something awesome. He's going to nurture them into the ground. That's what he does. <laughs>
2: well, I, I really man I think that plot point was for the narrative that they were going for is they really as as we said it really feels like a story that could have taken place in the 1960s and I think had yeah. this been written then this that's exactly the narrative they would have taken. That is exactly the uh, the idea they would have used as far as, as that for, for, you know, uh, atomic advancement. Um, I think the other thing that, that that the story does really well as far as placement for, for its era is they do simple things like not referring to the TARDIS as often. They mm-hmm. just talk about uh, Susan and the Doctor and the Master's people. They don't drop... The Time Lord thing, which I was—I really thought they would do that and it would fill out a place—and they didn't. They don't say Time Lord at all; they just say, you know, our people, which was very much in line with how you know it was going back then when they were writing these, because they—they hadn't come up with the idea of what their race was, or their uh, the other race was. And so I really appreciated that they stayed in that style of writing, too. So it, it, that's also, I think, what, what did a, a really good job of feeling like it was from that same era.
1: There were a number Don't... of little drops, too, like the uh, the, the, the clothes from Marco Polo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the the fast return switch. Fast return switch, switch.
2: And, although I did see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did see that coming. I, I was, it was one of those, I wasn't, I'm not disappointed. I don't think it was a, oh, this was telegraphed, but it was a, I, I actually was one of those things that I was glad that I was right. Because it was, it's when that moment comes, it was like, yeah, I knew it. You know? So. <laughs>
0: well, and it's one of those things where, if, how else are they going to be able to get back to where they were with how the TARDIS works at this time frame. Yeah, right. Even if the Master got in control of the TARDIS, I mean, we're led to believe that the Doctor and the TARDIS has become, you know, kind of in sync later in life. But right now, they obviously aren't, and he doesn't know how to fly it. And so having the Master to step in and know how to do it, that was a nice touch, too, where he's complaining about what has the Master or the Doctor done to this yeah. console he's broken all sorts of things on it and it was a well, nice way to tie it all back he, to how it would be
2: he was blaming everything except for the fact that he couldn't do it <laughs> was, well yeah he was blaming the doctor for him not being you know even even bringing all this junk on board he's
1: but
0: i i also have to believe him the fact that the mass the doctor has tweaked and well yeah with his card is so much that the master couldn't figure it out well especially <laughs>
2: since there's you know uh Masking tape with things written on on the console. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine the early days of the exploration of that? Like once you got off Gallifrey, okay, where to? And you push a button. Like you, you've had, you've had relative Tardis theory in class. You you have probably gotten a learner's permit at some point in time uh, for for the operation of this vehicle, but you never really figured out how to parallel park. Uh, you know, speed limits and things of that nature. So you get in and you, 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 you fly off, you're away from your people and you're like, all right. And then you just have to start pushing buttons and you get the masking tape out and you label it. That's what this does. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just. That's the story I want. I really want to see the first doctor like with an, with an honest attempt with the owner's manual open to volume 87 and, you know, making <laughs> notes in the margins and then realizing that due to the temporal properties of the thing, that everything that he just wrote down doesn't apply except on Tuesdays. And he just throws it away.
2: <laughs> My I only complaint the, with, I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well just ahead. i
1: I just had a thought what Glenn was saying about the uh, with the master and his destructive tendencies. I guess had he fostered them into a uh, a series of utopias, the doctor probably wouldn't have much to complain about
2: right <laughs>
1: I mean, He's not really the villain if he genuinely helps the society yeah, yeah, so I guess I undermine my own argument with that he he kind of has to destroy them because he's the master. <laughs>
0: and it cuts the drama of the story too yeah quite a bit <laughs>
2: yeah go
0: ahead keith uh my only complaint with the story was i felt that this version of the doctor at this time in his life wouldn't have necessarily done the switch and gone out to be with everybody while susan stayed in the the time machine as not uh And set it to go forward, and him stay out there and take care of things. I think I don't. I was don't didn't necessarily think he would do that, especially when he was so initially. No, we must do this and get out of here and and save ourselves. It felt like a a hard shift mid arguments that he had, and I think had it been Vicky, it would have been in line with that Doctor's character, but I think with Susan around, he's so protective of her that doing something like that, even where it would risk himself, doesn't seem as likely.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I sort of thought that too, Keith, but I went to my favorite website, the uh, Complete Adventures, um, <laughs> and um, he puts it after... So he he places this story, and I I think I tend to agree with this after Reign of Terror,
0: yes, definitely, and,
2: and before Planet of Giants, and I sort of think that I this is before. Uh, invasion of earth and Dalek invasion of earth so i sort of think that this could i think maybe that's what they were doing here was they were me- they were they were trying to put make a turning point to the more softer doctor because this isn't long before susan lee i mean he the 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 website places all of the first doctor adventures together in there so there's there's obviously would have been more time for growth but i think that they, it was meant to be a turning point and so i think i'd have to agree with with how they did it. it it does maybe seem like a turn on the dime but at least the placement of it seems logical to me because i really do think it's it's planet of giants and beyond where i think we start to see the softening of the doctor and then i think vicky is is that area is where it's most notif- notable don't get me don't get me wrong but I think that maybe this does a nice job of serving as that turning point since we don't necessarily see it um so dis- uh, distinctly in the uh, TV series itself so I, I, it almost works for me as as a place where he kind of has a, a, a an epiphany or a revelation that yes you know of course you know it it took susan. For him to see that he, it was his responsibility, and and he needed to go out there and be with them. And I, I to me, that works. It's almost like a, like I say, a, a revelation or an epiphany for the Doctor.
1: Don't forget too that a lot of the um, change that we see in in the in the first Doctor and how he reacts to things, we've retcon that around Susan.
0: Well, that's true.
1: Because it it seems like a very logical thing that happens and there's a very kind of definitive after this point he's different. Um and so we we've kind of, you know, put that into that box in order to make it fit. And I th- suspect that with the way this story is playing out, that they're maybe trying to soften that transition period um and kind of make it a little more gradual where he becomes the hero that, right. you know, we all know and love who, right. who interferes on purpose for the betterment of things as opposed to stumbling into it and going, Oh crap, this is bad. Yeah. Um, but having said that, um, it, 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 I think it's still kind of open for interpretation either way. Sure. So. Sure.
0: I wound up being okay with how they resolved that aspect of it, but it initially just sent me a, I don't know if you'd do
1: that, but okay.
2: I could see where it it feels like an abrupt change, sure.
1: I can buy it from the standpoint that you know, because it's the master, because it's somebody from home that that, you know, even he admits, well, maybe not a friend, but it it, it seems like they were much more antagonistic than than ever friendly uh, in this story. So maybe those feelings come. Later, you know, as the, the the memory cheats and you look back on things more fondly. But uh, I, I think maybe that could also play into it that this is really the first example from home that that we get chronologically, and that he might be a little more inclined to try and help clean up the mess, feeling that sense of responsibility for it. He doesn't have that later with the time meddler. Um, but I think stranding the meddling monk, in this time frame without his tardis being readily accessible was probably punishment enough.
0: <laughs> well, and there's not as much to really clean up with the time meddler
1: either. Yeah. Right. Just that atomic cannon that we left on the cliffside <laughs> for I, some kid to find.
2: I, I also wonder if if the fact that he resigns himself to the fact that he and Susan are stranded, like this is it. He don't, I don't think yeah. I don't think he expects to see the TARDIS again. Um in fact he he almost that's almost his admittance when he when they do show up uh barbara and 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 show back up but so i i think wonder if maybe that's part of it as well is is kind of that realization of wow we're
1: oh you know i hadn't put that together but yeah that totally jibes
0: yeah i kind of i thought a little bit of that too Of yeah that could be why
2: well Uh, anything else on this story I'm really excited to 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 go on and and listen to more first doctor adventures because this is there was a a bang up start. I think they they're on to something here, and I think I I was a little I, I I was a little apprehensive because while I I thought it was a great idea to bring the uh, actors that briefly briefly played Ian and Barbara and Susan in the Adventures of Time and Space. Well, I thought that was really a clever move on their part to do that. I was a little hesitant uh as far as accepting the fact that I would I would allow these guys to replace my favorite uh actors in these roles. And I I'm very pleased that it, it that they they're doing it with some finesse And as, as Keith mentioned they very much bring the spirit of the characters to it. And that's all it really needs in order to make these stories work.
1: Agreed. That says something too, quite honestly, for the, the very, um, well, the very nature of, of, of Doctor Who is that as long as you get the, the, the taste of it, right, that you really have a, a, a blank check to do whatever, And that we're going to accept it because well you got this right and so you know once you get the voice of the characters in there then we just kind of are along for the ride because doctor who is so open as a as a a universe that the concepts are yeah you can do whatever you want and we're gonna buy it we're gonna go yeah okay
2: Well, should we move to another uh, a Master of a Different Sort? I don't have a synopsis for it. Oh, I didn't think you did. Um, <laughs> we are reviewing the second and, I think soon to be out this week, uh, third issue of Missy from Titan Comics. And uh, we pretty much pick up where we left off last time with uh, <laughs> Missy and the— Well, we, we start out with a— uh, uh, oh well, a flashback sequence i suppose a a previously on t- well it wasn't even previously on it's a it's a flashback to something that has happened prior to her off to uh break her previous incarnation out um and the doctor comes in to find her you know <laughs> well almost catch her playing with the tardis so and she of course just plays it off as though she's reading but it does pick up Thanks. then with the uh, the fight between, uh, the sword fight between her and Delgado's master.
1: Which makes me wonder, based on little bits of dialogue uh, throughout the, the, the next issue, um, if any of that is, go- is, is going to tie back in. Because while Missy is quite obviously masquerading as Doctor Who, as we are <laughs> continually <laughs> reminded of, Mm-hmm. She does appear to be adhering to the rules. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, she, she doesn't kill anybody. She tells the master no killing and it's a, we, we definitely see him stabbing people with the sword <laughs> later when the security forces show up, but I couldn't quite tell because of the way that it's drawn, it's, it's all in, in silhouette behind her. I couldn't quite tell if these were meant to be fatal blows or not. So They didn't look like it to me. I, I don't and think that's,
2: so from her. I don't right? think no. so either. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well certainly not from her, but I don't I don't think I don't think well, Delgado's master did either. I think he was for whatever reason he's playing along. Uh because I, I think he, at this point I'm gonna I'm gonna lose a lot of respect for the Delgado master if he genuinely hasn't figured out this is not a doctor at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it's something that comes up later that kinda makes me in the same boat with somebody else, but um, but I yeah. just I
1: I wonder if the conversation that we we got just a little piece of between twelve and Missy well is maybe going to be part of the setup for why that she's off on this on this adventure. I thought I so it, too. At
0: very almost... least, it implies how she has his Tardis. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think I think what the revelation down the road is going to be because I don't think there's only this is is this a four or is this a six? I think it's a six issue run, isn't it? I'm not sure. I, I thought it was just four. It might just be four, and I think I think one of the things that we're going that'll be one of the revelations will be the fact that uh, uh, twelve has put her up to this, and that this is part of that the test um, that we get between between um, the final episode and you know in that in that last season with Bill. I think this is the the one of the, I think this is part of that test period where he's you know she's locked up in that vault and trying to reform and this is going to be one of her tests you know you, here's how how do you really test some well go break your former uh, go break your former incarnation out of prison and and uh, um, you know make them <laughs> make them do something for you I don't know I just I think that's where I think this is where this is going what it feels like anyway
0: I just can't tell where it's going In the fact of you know with the whole key to time aspect of it of what well, they're really I after think and what they're doing. I think it's they a, sure are taking their time doing it. I think it's
2: a red herring, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think I don't think that I don't think they're really after the key to time. I think that's her setup in order to do whatever she's meant to be doing here, whether it's it's to learn a lesson. Because well, I'm I'm getting a little ahead of myself because as you pointed out in this one she doesn't she is playing by the book she doesn't do you know, any killing she has convinced him not to kill that not to make the blow the blows fatal anyway um and then a, a certain somebody shows up to, <laughs> to help up now, which i can't say that i i was disappointed to see river show up i mean i absolutely love the fact that river shows up especially since we're on storm cage but unless she's been put up to this by the doctor which i don't think she is because i think that would kind of cheapen uh, their last night together in uh husband's river, river song but mm-hmm. i think that it it seems odd that she wouldn't necessarily see through missy's facade it just it doesn't it's it seems very She's very out of character for the Doctor, and while I think she could probably fool Delgado, because I don't think that Delgado is, while maybe a close friend with the Doctor in you know at the Academy, I don't think they're as, as intimately close, obviously, as as you know, the River and the Doctor are. So I don't. It was really hard for me to buy that River didn't kind of see through it. Yeah,
0: it was kind of a nice cameo, but it felt like it was kind of. A last minute, oh, hey, we're on Stormcage. We should have River Song show up at some point.
2: Sort of a cameo for the benefit of having a cameo.
0: Yeah, that's what it felt like more than yeah.
2: anything else.
1: Almost as if the issue was half written and then somebody said, wait, this is Stormcage, right? Yeah. Your fans are going to throw things at the comic book shop if you don't <laughs> put River in this. Oh, yeah, she would be there, wouldn't she? Ah <sighs> oh, crap. Now we got to throw in some panels with River. What can we ever do? I don't know. Maybe help him get out? Yeah, okay, we can do that.
2: I don't know that it felt that forced, but... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was a wonderful surprise, don't get me wrong, because I didn't think about it. It wasn't until she showed up that I went,
2: oh, yeah, River's in Stormcage." So, So you're not one of the fans that would have thrown the stuff at the comic <laughs> shop saying, where was River? You were on Stormcage." No,
1: no, I'm not one of those people, but I'm rather <laughs> obtuse, so... <laughs> And I enjoyed their, their. You did their, read both halves playful of this. Winter. I did okay, read both good. halves of it. <laughs> <laughs> a- admittedly, um, I missed the very first page. And, uh, uh, so I, I opened with the doctor talking to Missy and then suddenly Missy was surrendering and I went, wait a minute. So I had to go back and reread those two panels, but I caught on much quicker this time out. <laughs> That's good. But I loved River's playfulness, uh, with Missy that, um. You know, never never met this regeneration before. It's different. Is that a problem? Oh, no, not at all. I mean, just the the very easy going back and forth is still there and and fun and flirty and just everything you would expect River to be, except not as sharp as she probably should be, which I'm hoping there's a reason for down the road.
2: Although We also don't know at what point in her timeline this is either, so... It's true. It could be, that early is very true. could be early enough that she's not so on to it. She does, though, make the comment about, you know, do you really think that the TARDIS could land anywhere in this facility without me knowing? So, I mean, that does give us a little hint to the fact that, although that might have been enough to convince her as well, too, at this yeah, stage. Yeah, the fact in her that it was line. the TARDIS. Yeah. Because the doctor's not going to just give his TARDIS to anybody if it isn't him so. or her. Right. Yeah, uh, I wasn't as wowed by this one, though. I mean, I I thought it had a a lot of nice, neat little things. I think it does advance the story well enough, especially the fact that, uh, as Sean picked up on and I picked up on, uh, that she's playing by the rules. She is very much, while being very tongue-in-cheek about Doctor Who, being Doctor Who, she is playing by the rules, and she is being very doctorly. Um, through most of this, so
1: I also appreciated the visual design uh, elements of all of the corridors that we ran through. Yeah, uh, <laughs> on Stormcage. <laughs> Other than the one kind of overhead shot with the three of them, that's very obviously a prison. The rest of it almost looks like uh, Star Trek. It's very Enterprise. Yeah, corridors. a little bit.
2: I can see that. Yeah, they, yeah. see that.
1: they, they they've, they've got a lot of uh, you know doors and and curving hallways and carpet and uh, it, it just had that kind of aesthetic to it
2: yeah I can see that I think that was a, a chance to remind us that we're in a prison by doing that kind of that wide shot with the uh, yeah uh, catwalk gantries and the uh, prison bars
1: and I love the way that's done too that it's just it's a it's one big splash panel and yet you've got your your main group of characters in three different positions. On the splash panel, having a carried-on conversation that just kind of flows around the room. Uh, it really uh, does a, a very nifty job of implying the passage of time. It does. Just within that yeah. one thing. It really makes yeah. the
2: characters feel like they're in motion. And then the
1: door. What is behind this damn door? <laughs> I mean, I because I, I, I don't believe for now. I'm, I'm with you. This is a MacGuffin. I don't believe for a minute we're actually after the key to time.
2: <laughs> what is behind the damn door? Well, supposedly... <laughs> <laughs> supposedly it's the key to time but i'm with you i don't think it's i don't think it's the key to time that's in there well let's move on to the next one because this is the one that i was a little perplexed by because quite frankly other than walking through it, different incarnations of the master i don't know what purpose this one was serving um it was a nice trip through the past and seeing some familiar scenes and some not so familiar scenes and some welcoming scenes and some unwelcoming scenes and um <laughs> but i don't i don't it it didn't really Hungry. Feel, it doesn't really feel like it advances the story well enough it's just it, it's almost like filler is what it feels like to me
0: yeah i thought the same thing the only thing i think it kind of advances is probably the dugout Auto master's suspicion of what's really going on
2: yeah yeah
1: I appreciated the um oh how do I don't want to say this um
0: the fan service I mean yeah <laughs> that's I mostly actually... what this com that's what mostly what this comic is
1: it know? is it really is and giving delgado the opportunity to see the newest incarnation at work uh and and kind of being very I don't know, in a way, very shocked that not only did we reference a previous episode in this comic, but we did such a recent episode in this yeah. comic. Yeah. That was kind of a, a very cool, a cool thing. Um, and then realizing that, oh, okay, we're going to kind of do the master's greatest hits here right. along with some of the doctor's most embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, we've got the first one, we get to see the doctor kneeling, and in in, in surrender, uh, then we see the doctor on the tank, uh, wailing with the guitar, which of course we as fans think is cool. Nobody else would think that, but then, uh, I hate to say this, but yeah, the John Sims master really just kind of sucked all the energy out (laughs) out of this tribute. And 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 not only that, it was the longest segment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it ends so horribly that you, did you just feed that guy to my former cell? Oh, I yeah. tripped. Here's Missy. That's kind of now the one it thing that we've here's ruined. Here's Missy this, yep. playing by the rules. Here's
2: Missy doing a great job of, ru- of playing by the rules until this moment.
0: But doesn't that also set up how the master? Don't we see him get that guy in the actual episode? Yeah. So oh, isn't yeah. that just kind of showing us the setup of, oh, how, here's how this guy wound up in that situation?
1: Well, so Are you I was, arguing I was... that it's a uh, bootstrap paradox, that she had to be there <laughs> in order for her, uh...
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I was uh, we allowed it to kind of let it go is, oh, well, they're just setting that up so that, you know, how that guy winds up there I sort didn't, of okay. I, so, didn't need uh, it, but I didn't need it. I didn't need it. I'm yeah. not saying I needed it, yeah. but...
1: And then uh, I think we we uh, while the the war doctor moment is is very cool, I, I think there was probably far too much information given to past master <laughs> during that exchange. It's like you're really just going to tell him all about the war and the the, the the you know okay. I mean, not that Doctor Who has ever ever concerned itself with hey maybe you shouldn't uh, you know break the timeline.
0: <laughs> well, I also assume that you know. Once they separate,
1: yeah he'll, he'll have forgot. yeah, he'll have forgotten a lot of it. And then, uh, the absolutely wonderful panel, uh, where we, we get the, the flashbacks of, uh, of the other masters and what a cool and unique way to do it with eight and sidestep rights issues.
2: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I was, my, my initial reaction, I was disappointed. And then that was immediately overtaken by, oh, that's cool, <laughs> because that's not a moment that anybody ever references from the movie. Right. The right. hospital, the, the 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 ambulance chase sequence. Right. Nobody's gonna do that. That's the most American thing about it that everybody hated because right. no, we're gonna embrace it, and do it. I was so happy. <laughs>
0: is the bottom left one of that panel? Is that supposed to be like the his first story? With the Autons, that, is that the couch that eats people?
1: That yeah, it took, it we, yeah. took me, I kept staring at it and staring at it and staring at it, going, what is this thing? Yeah. Who is that person? What is, oh, it's a couch. Okay. I just now got it.
2: Yeah, <sighs> so that, I, that's what that implied to me. Yeah.
1: Once I finally got it, it was it was a very cool thing. But, but up until that point, it was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it felt very... What are we doing? Why are we stepping through this? What is this key supposed to reveal of the, you know, and then, oh, it's a stapler, which again, I don't buy for an instant. I don't believe that the stapler is actually the key to the door to the thing. I, I really feel like all of this has been set up in order for Missy to get Delgado's master to unit HQ that she's been stringing him along and then allowed him to wander off. And now I'm I, I I fear for the for the brig. I'm well, genuinely yeah. concerned. Well, now. that that,
2: <laughs> that uh, cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> Find out what what the what the brig's up to.
1: But maybe I'm attributing far more uh, far more credit and intelligence to uh, to this thing as uh, as as than is written. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm enjoying the ride, so you I'm going to I'm going I'm I'm to allow the possible nonsensical filler
2: yeah, the, and the
1: fan service in order to get to the end of this thing. That's
2: just it. The contrivances are, are easily overlooked because I am enjoying the ride as well. I I think that Hauser's still done a very good job of... I think that well, the one thing that I've noticed is and I, I rarely say much about the art and the art looks great. Don't get me wrong. I, I think that the, the the art is good. It's, it's good drawings. But I think the Sometimes the representation of the at least in these last two stories representations of the characters are a bit off for me. Uh, River does not look like River in the last book. Delgado seemingly becomes less and less Delgado ish throughout. I don't know how that happens.
0: Uh, At one point, he looks blonde. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sim's master does not look like John Sim. And again, I, I don't, I, if, as long as the, the voice is right and as long as I can, I look at it and go, okay, this is definitively who this is and what it is, whether they look exactly like them or not. Um, I'm usually okay with that, but there's just, there's, there's some moments where I'm like, okay, I'll, uh, this seemed to be better in that first story. I, may, did, I, I don't didn't look to see if they changed artists. Um, it is
1: the same creative team throughout it is okay at least so
2: far so i think whoever uh is uh drawing this i don't want to say they got lazy i don't want to accuse them of that but it doesn't seem as sharp as the first story roberta ingranata is the artist for this series so like I say, the, the art is fine. It's just the renderings of our familiar characters aren't as, I think, on as they were in the first story.
1: And some of that, too, can be possibly hand-waved away with, you know, just comic production schedule. Because the first issue is always, ooh, ah, and then the deadlines kick in. Yeah. <laughs> right. <I suppose> you <laughs> suddenly you realize, a little more time i got to draw another... First I, I gotta draw another thirty-two pages by next week. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's true. Maybe I, like I shouldn't have spent going. so much
1: time on that prison. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like where it's going. I think, uh, like you said, like you said, I'm enjoying the ride. It's a
0: it's a very fun series so far, even if the plot is a bit thin.
2: Yeah. Well, anything else on these two books? What do we got coming up on the schedule then?
1: Well, coming up on the schedule, we return to big finish with the ninth Doctor. Uh, the Ninth Doctor Adventures, the entire box at Raviders, uh, so it'll be uh, three uh, audios that we listen to and review next week. The Sphere of Freedom, Cataclysm, and Food Fight, all written by Nicholas Briggs, uh, and starring our favorite Ninth Doctor, the one, the only, Chris Eccleson.
2: Our, our favorite Ninth Doctor? <laughs>
1: our favorite Ninth
2: Doctor. Of, of the three we've had, is this what you're saying.
1: Sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) And then uh, for those who voted, you may remember that uh, we did a uh, poll to cover which lost in time we would uh, be delving into and exploring next of the ones that uh, don't unfortunately exist anymore. And the Space Pirates one. So we'll be taking a look at that story with a uh, recon and uh, the novelization to kind of fill you in on all the news that's fit to print there. And then a very special outside the box, let me tell you, <laughs> doing doing something quite unique for our 500th episode.
2: You're really hyping this up.
1: <laughs> I am really hyping this up. I, I, I hope that you will all be as excited as I am to see how this is going to turn out. I make no promises, but I am very excited by this.
2: I don't know how much you're gonna say, but I'll give you a hint. We're gonna splin. we're gonna spin some platters, as they would say. Ooh. <laughs>
0: and a lot of kids won't understand what you're talking
2: no, about. No, you're right. You're <laughs> absolutely right.
1: You're so cute, you think kids listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you the two old guys in the back are going, Oh, I got that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> platters, man. <laughs> All right, well, be sure to check out the website, trimethavortex.com, for updates. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not put consider putting some value back into it? You can uh, do that by clicking on the Patreon link and, and supporting us. And you can also uh, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you uh, get this podcast from. All those ratings and recommendations really help bump us up. And uh, of course, make sure that you join the conversation and our listeners forum forum on Facebook Uh, you can engage with other listeners and share your thoughts and insights with us and others and if there is nothing else before we close this show until next time I'm Glenn I'm Sean
0: and I'm Keith
2: cheers good night everybody be seeing you thanks for listening you have been listening to traveling the vortex doctor who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC No infringement is intended or implied.